Welcome to the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, this is the place for women who want to have it all and then some. This is about mindset. This is about manifestation and everything in between. My job here is to empower you to become the queen of your world, just like you deserve to be. I'm your host, Natasha Mundy. Hello, my beautiful queens, and welcome to this episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. I am always so excited to be here. And, you know, this week is a little different and it's not like last week, but more like the week before where I was actually having what I would refer to as channeled messages coming through about what it is that I I need to be speaking about. And you know, so I noticed that it, it tends to be a little bit different. So this week, we're going to be talking about the money, honey. We're going to be talking all about money and why it's really important to talk about money, why we need money, how money is a tool, it's energy, and about having money in the hands of the right people. So that is our focus for today. Um, You know, before we get into that, though, just like a you know, a catch up on what's happening is if you have been hiding under a rock and you don't know, the Kiss My Crown Masterclass is now officially open. Um, hello, how amazing. Um, this round for that Kiss My Crown Masterclass is strictly limited to 10 people only. And that's because I want to be able to work at the capacity to be able to do it justice of my own workload and everything that's going on in my world as well. And I want to be able to give the best of me to you. So hence why we've got a little bit of a a cap for this sort of first round, but, you know, jump on in, you know, maybe you're meant to be doing the first round. The great thing with this, this course, it's $55. You get lifetime access to the Kiss My Crown Masterclass. So any updates that happen in the future, you get those um, without having to pay any extra for them, which is amazing. And, you know, there's a workbook that goes with this. There's about three hours of content, including like guided meditations and affirmations and all sorts of stuff. So get onto it. Join me and let's just start to make a difference in this bloody world, hey? <laughs> all right. Let's get straight down to the nitty gritty. So we're going to talk about money today. Now, um, you know, it's funny because money is still considered to be such a taboo topic to actually discuss. Um, you know, and, and we heard things like you never talk about money over the dinner table or, you know, things like that. And, you know, some of us, you know, and by some of us, I mean me, uh, was brought up to believe that it was actually really considered rude to talk about money um, and that, you know, finances were something that were really private and you didn't discuss with anyone. And, you know, and when I've started, you know, penning out this sort of episode this week as well, what really then came up to my mind was how, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed how money, like managing finances isn't something that's actually taught in school. So you actually learn all these different types of maths and scientific maths and physics and, and I don't know, all this all this stuff. And trust me, I didn't do those maths subjects. Um, and then we also get taught like business maths, which was more of the maths that I get told. But we never actually get taught about personal finances. And we we don't get told like we don't get taught about managing money. We don't get really taught about investing or retirement or you know, savings and 
things like compound interest and and all this sort of stuff. It's not actually things that we get taught at school, you know, like God forbid that we actually get taught a skill that we actually need. Um, but why do you think that is? You know, so if, if money is such a taboo topic and, and we're told not to talk about it, um, you know, and then we, we definitely don't get taught about it at school and stuff like that, why do you think that is? Well, I'll tell you why that is. Is because the less that we know, the easier we are to manipulate. Um, you know, like if you have noticed, we actually get fed stories on a day-to-day basis about how scarce money is, how hard you have to work for it. And there's always some sort of scare campaign around money. So, you know, and what that does is it just means that, you know, us as the general population, we sort of conform to the, to the fear basically, and, and believe in this scarcity. Um, and you know, and when we do that, then sort of the greedy, the greedy, or the people, the egos, or the people that perhaps shouldn't have money, um, they actually get to keep the money to themselves. And then, of course, you know, like, and the reason why they want to keep money to themselves is because they believe that money equals power. All right, and you know, and I think we need to uh, preface this by saying that money isn't actually bad. Um, It's just that, you know, I guess at the moment what we're seeing is money in the hands or, you know, and therefore power in the hands of the wrong people. So the people who, you know, maybe are more acting out of that masculine energy and who don't have that balance of the both, you know, as we talked about before, feminine and masculine energy. Um, And yeah, they, they just sort of want to hoard that money to themselves and they want to be powerful. And, you know, this is what we're seeing in the world at the moment, you know, like, this is exactly what we're seeing in the world with what's happening over in Russia. It's just, you know, it's one person, you know, with too much power who is using that power to feed his ego rather than, you know, using that power for good. You know, you know whether you have money or power, it's up to you how you use those. And they, as I said, they're a tool and they can be used good for good or they can be used for bad. Um. I think, you know, even more so though, when we look at things like money, is that we have to look about um, how this, sorry, everyone, I just hit that. (laughs) Well, we need to look at how this actually affects women as well, because it affects us more so because, you know, for such a long time, we weren't actually even allowed to have our own money. You know, women were brought up to believe that it was, a, you know, like I was, you know, my generation, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about my generation, you know, like I'm considered a millennial for Christ's sake, you know, like I'm not talking about hundreds of years ago. I'm talking about, you know, now, you know, I was brought up to believe that it was a man's job to handle finances. In fact, I was never taught anything about finances ever. Um, and you know, like, and that's recent, but then if we look, you know, to history as well, you know, you know, women weren't allowed to have their own money. They weren't allowed to inherit their own money and they weren't allowed to have their own bank accounts. Um, and yeah, what this sort of overall means is that, you know, women have had a lot less time to actually learn about money. Um, 
and to learn how to handle it and how to manage it. And there's definitely still, you know, there's been a bias for a really long time as well. You know, like there were times where, you know, like in the 70s and the 80s is that a single woman and a single man with the same income could apply for loans and that women would actually get, you know, about 25% a lesser loan amount because they were considered a higher risk than a man. You know, like so this sort of financial bias has actually been going on, you know, and still goes on now, right? And and you think about it too, you know, like, and I think that anytime a woman shares that she would like to have more money or that she's interested in having money or having savings or investment or anything like that, um, as women, we still get quite belittled and shamed, um, you know, you know, and, and discouraged about um, having money. And we've obviously had a lot less time in life to learn about money as well, you know, like, and what I mean by being discouraged about having money, like, I mean, hello, gold digger, sugar daddy, you know, these sort of terms, right. You know, like where we make it out to seem that women who want money, um, are selfish. Um, you know, that it's wrong for women to want to have money. And we actually, you know, as a society, we actually belittle women like that and say that, you know, and we belittle them in the way of believing that they can't actually have their own money and that they're just going to go after someone else's money, e.g. a man's money. You know, like, I mean, how ridiculous is that? You know, we're still being shamed for that sort of stuff as well. And we also get shamed into believing and we get made to feel guilty because if we want money, we get sort of told like, well, you know, sorry, is being a mother not enough for you or is being a wife not enough um, for you that you actually want money as well? And this sort of thing, right, actually causes generational curses, Um, of not being able to have money and therefore not learning how to handle the money or be able to use or receive money. And, you know, when we go through any of those sort of traumas, so, you know, we, so we talk about, you know, like women weren't allowed to have bank accounts or women weren't allowed to have their own inheritance or land or, or things like that. This actually causes generational trauma and trauma within the body actually changes a person's DNA. And then, you know, obviously this changed DNA is then what they're handing down to their family. And this is how generational curses happen, right? You know, we pass down these traumas and these curses to our children who then pass them down to their children, to their children's children, to their children's children. And we'll get into that because I'll talk a little bit about, you know, sort of money stories. And and in particular, I talk about my own money stories that I've had growing up with my family, which have been passed down from you know, my parents who was passed down to their parents and so forth and so on, right? So it just, I just feel at this point of time, like it is absolutely imperative with the state of the world right now that we as women, we start to break these these generational curses and we call out the bullshit money myths, these money stories, they're myths. That's what they're exactly what they are. Because, you know, we need to, you know, we need to start finding that balance and we need to start realizing what these stories are. So why is it important for women to talk about money? Because if we don't get comfortable talking about money, we will never be comfortable with receiving it. 
We'll never be comfortable with having it and we'll definitely never be comfortable asking for more. So if we can't even sit down and talk about, um, you know, if we can't sit down with our girlfriends and talk about money because we're not comfortable doing so, how are we expected to be able to walk into our employment and ask for a pay rise that we so rightly deserve when we're not comfortable and just having a conversation with our friends about it? All right, so that's just a little bit of food for thought there. Um, you know, as well, you know, like not talking about money is what causes things to be, you know, like a gender pay gap. You know, because we get told not to discuss our salary with our colleagues. And without that sort of transparency, this is where we find out that we settle for so much less than those that we work with. And if you think that the gender pay gap is not a real thing in this day and age, you are highly mistaken. I cannot tell you the level of mistaken. Now, I was naive to not realize, you know, like I, I'd heard that there is a gender pay gap and, and personally, I guess I hadn't experienced it until my previous job. So not where I work now, but my job before that in storage. And what I found out is at one particular point, I actually negotiated a pay rise for myself because I was taking on additional duties and, and I was looking after sort of social media marketing with this business for the whole state, not just for my store, but for the whole freaking state. And I negotiated myself a pay rise. And then you know, after talking to one of my colleagues who was also, or who is also, not was, is a friend, I realized that the pay rate that I had negotiated myself up to was the pay rate that was offered to him when he first started working there. And I want to put it in perspective for you, and this is in no way means to shit on the other person or anything like that, but at this particular point in time as well, um, I'd had about three times the amount of experience as this other person, um, you know, and and same probably about the same amount of skills and and everything that I had actually learned throughout my working career is that, you know, like pretty much with most of the people that I worked with, I had more skills than, I had more qualifications than, and I was getting paid less than because I was a woman. And I am like, and you know, and this is in Australia for Christ's sake, like this is just, it just blew my mind that this was even a thing. And the only reason that I found out that it was a thing is because I openly started talking about money and and with my particular friend, we started talking about money. And if it wasn't for actually having that conversation, I would have never known that I was getting paid that much less than my male counterparts that I worked with, even though I was twice as qualified as what they were. That is a reality, right? It is absolutely the reality. So, you know, if we're not going to sit there and have these conversations about money, then we're never going to know where we're at. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, you know, you see sort of men will sit around and they'll talk about stocks and investment opportunities. They'll neg- negotiate higher pay rates. Um, and most of, often of the time, like as women, let's be honest, we settle for what we get offered. Even if it isn't a true reflection on what it is that we bring to the table. 
How crazy is that? And by doing this as well, this is the message that we are sending to the universe is that we're okay, that we're happy to settle for less. We're happy to settle for less than we're worth. We're happy to settle for less than what we bring to the table. Um, Yes, please, universe, more of this, right? Because that's that's what our actions are telling the universe. And of course, you know, we might not be, that might not be what words that we're saying. Um, And so therefore we're sort of out of alignment anyway, but it's definitely the actions that we are sending through to do that. You know, like that's the, they're the messages, that's, they're the actions that we're sending through the universe and that's what the universe is picking up on. So why do you think it's important for women to have money? Because let's be honest, women will change the motherfucking world if they have money. But I'm not just talking, and it's not just women, you know, like it is people in general, the right people. If we can get money into the hands of the right people, these people will literally change the world. Now, money is a tool that we can use to do great things, not something to hoard so that others can't have it which is what is going on at the moment. You know, there was a study done about, you know, the baby boomer generation and about the difference between, you know, the percentage of men to women and how they actually donate that money. So, you know, and if you think about the baby boomer generations, they're the ones who are hoarding a lot of this money. They're the ones who ha- who hold the most financial wealth out of any of these sort of age brackets, right? Is that 84% more women donate in that age bracket than men 84 percent more women in that age bracket donate than men what are these old white men doing with that money they're hoarding it right they're literally hoarding that money and they're the ones who are like you know they're they're the ones they're, they're guarding it like it's a secret and so, and they're the ones who are using it to manipulate people through fear of like, oh, there's not enough to go around. You've got to work super hard. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And oh, you know, there's only the elite 1% that can, you know, have millions of, and meanwhile, they, these people literally have millions and millions of dollars, right? They have multiple properties while there is a freaking rental crisis and a housing crisis out there that houses can't be built enough for people in our generation. You know, there's not enough people, you know, people who can't afford houses because now the house prices are boom that high they can't afford rentals that they're literally living on the fucking streets because these old white men are hoarding money right <laughs> sorry i went on to so such a tangent then but i just am so fucking passionate about that and this is why it's really important for women to have money because women You know, like I said it in this episode the other week when we were talking about, you know, the feminine energy and balancing feminine energy with masculine energy because if we come at it like that, and this is why I talk about people, not just women, um, the right people, is because they come at it with balance. They know that there's more than enough to go around and they share that money around. So... Let's, we can't talk, you know, like, so it's all well and good to, you know, like this is, this is why we need to to do it because I genuinely believe once we start getting money in the hands of women, that the world will change, that energy balance will change. It'll swing. And, you know, we won't be where we are now because where we are now is fucking frightening. You know, we're just coming out of a pandemic to head into a war. 
You know, like it is frightening what is going on. We've gone from freaking Donald Trump now to fucking Putin. Like these crazy old men who just want power. And I, you know, I'm not one to get political, but, you know, I'm also here to be honest because at the moment, you know, this is what is going on in the world. And, you know, as much as that I want to choose my other train of thought, I can't neglect the way that I feel and that it frightens me. All right. And that's why it's so important to follow our callings and to get that money in the hands of other people. Okay. So <laughs> off on that tangent. So let's talk about, you know, like let's, you know, because we, we can sit there and talk about money, but because we've grown up with these stories about money for so long, we have what we call money blocks. And money blocks are a series of money stories that we get taught to believe from birth. These are stories our parents teach us and pass down to us. Society teaches us or doesn't teach us, e.g. school. Media teaches us. Now, this narrative is often controlled by people who want to use it to fear us into conformity. They are the stories told for someone else's gain. They are the stories that are quite often outdated Um. And, you know, we very much get taught how becoming a millionaire is only for the elite 1%. And we get taught about scarcity and there not being enough to go around. And, and as I said about them being quite outdated as well, you know, I know so many things that I learned from my parents who learned that behavior from their parents in a time of a depression and war. You know, so then they're acting the same way when it actually doesn't apply to, you know, what was going on in that time doesn't apply to them. And, you know, sort of here we are, right? Now, and, and something personally for me as well is that what I actually realized is that my money stories or my money blocks weren't necessarily words, you know, like sometimes there was words that, you know, people get told like, oh, money is the root of all evil and, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, sort of sayings like that. But for me, what I really have realized lately and I'm because I'm doing deep money work at the moment, because I'll tell you, like I initially worked on my money blocks and then I've up leveled and now I have a whole new level of money blocks that I'm having to work through now. So for me now, what I'm realizing is that my money blocks weren't necessarily words, but they were more actions that I saw with the people um, with the way that people acted around or with money. All right. So one thing that we do need to realize though, is that all these money stories and money, you know, these money stories that we get told about scarcity and not being enough. These are all stories that we have learned, um, which actually means that we have the power within to actually unlearn them. And not only can we unlearn them, but we can rewire our brains and choose a higher story to replace them with a more aligned story so that it can actually serve us. And as we all know, like our thoughts become our reality. So why not use that to, you know, why not leverage that and use that to our advantage so that we can actually change our money stories? You know, like, and and I think sometimes we need to look at, um, we need to look at the actual evidence and not the evidence that we're presented by, you know, people who don't want us to have money, but to look at the actual evidence. And I've really seen this for myself firsthand, especially during the pandemic. 
um, of people, you know, like not accepted, you know, like so many people got put out of work during the pandemic, um, you know, like and had to then go and try and forge new incomes. And, you know, we saw a lot of people doing that by starting up their own businesses during a pandemic, a time in which really society is telling us like, oh, it's an economic crisis, it's a pandemic, like where you can't do this and you can't do that and all all these sort of restrictions and, you know, but what we saw was these businesses develop during the pandemic and not just develop but fucking thrive and bloom, you know, and I have a handful of, you know, like, I mean, I mean, look at the coaching space, for example, like we have literal, you know, multi-millionaires. We have, and you know, especially in the space that I'm looking at and I'm working within, I have so many, you know, mentors that they don't even know they're my mentors because I've seen them thrive, um, giving their gifts and their, their coaching, you know, to the world. And, you know, they, they're literally changing the world with what it is that they do and they're being um, financially compensated for doing so. I mean, how fucking special is that? And then when they're financially compensated for doing so, then you see them donating money as well as, you know, teaching people things like it's fucking incredible, you know, like, and even on a local level, you know, I saw one of the girls that I know, you know, lose her job as a chef to then getting a, like a trailer and hitting up like the local beach esplanade in the mornings, making brekkie burgers to now having her own bricks and mortar business. And she did this during a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, there's so much evidence that we can actually gather to realize that what we've actually been fed our whole entire lives is nothing but fucking complete bullshit, right? They're myths. They are myths. They're they're money stories and, and they're absolute bullshit. Now, do you know the greatest thing about this though? When we start seeing you know, other money stories. So, you know, I, I absolutely encourage you to go out and to find some role models who've done what it is that you would like to do financially, not just fun, you know, like anything, but also financially go out, you know, if you want to, you know, be a millionaire, go out and look for other female millionaires and see how they did it. Because I'll tell you, their stories are fucking inspiring. And I'll tell you that some of these ladies came from freaking nothing, right? They had nothing. And they turned it into something because they had the belief that they could do it. And it was as simple as that. It wasn't about what they did or how they did it. It's just they had that diehard belief in themselves that it was fucking possible. Because if it is possible in your mind, it is possible in your reality, right? And the best part about this, you've heard me talk about, I love the law of divine oneness. The law of oneness is my favorite universal law. And do you know why? Because what it means is that, if it's available for someone else, if someone else can do it, it means it's available for you too. If they can do it, you can do it, right? How how fucking amazing and inspiring is that? It's not about competition like, you know, people have us believe like, oh, there's not enough and, and I've got to have this and if if you have it, then it's taking it away from me. No, that's not the case at all. This is the law of divine oneness. If it is possible for you, it's possible for me. If it's possible for me, it is possible for you too, all right? <laughs> You know how I feel about that law. I just, I don't know. It just, it just opens up everything, you know, for me with that, you know, because it makes me realize that there is such a reality out there that maybe I can't picture, but if someone else has, then it is possible. So 
when we talk about, you know, like, you know, so we're going to talk about money blocks or, you know, in this case, like I do when I talk about anything, I talk about things that I'm going through because that's where I can talk from, from an honest opinion of what has happened for me. So my money blocks, and like I said, your money blocks changes is your levels change as you up level or you quantum leap into the next level you know more money more problems right (laughs) you know like and it's just like but you know what i'd rather have millionaire problems than poor people problems like as simple as that but you know we're going to talk about but i'm going to talk about a couple of my money blocks and i'm also going to tell you about the tools that i'm using to get through them so that if they're things that you're going through as well you have those tools to be able to use as well so for me, one of the biggest blocks that I am working through at the moment is feeling shame and guilt over spending money and feeling that I should be saving my money for a rainy day and that I should be like being really frugal, you know. So, and where the, and I know where this stems from because I've seen it my whole life. My family literally wears it like a badge of fucking honor, right? It's like, you know, buying the nice china but then never using it because you save it for a special occasion, but that special occasion never happens or going and shopping at an, at an op shop to always get a bargain or getting free things all the time. And just, you know, taking the free things, not because you need them or not because you want them or not even because you need them, but because they're free. Um, you know, like, so, you know, and, and it was sort of that belief of like, you can't spend your money and save your money too. It's one or the other. So that's a huge one for me. Um, and you know, the other one for me is the fear of money will run out. And for me, this definitely stems from childhood of literally seeing my family money run out and seeing how that destroyed my family. And, you know, and this one for me, this is a huge one at the moment because, you know, I haven't been backwards and sharing with you that I've gone through you know, a major level up. And this is where I'm talking about doubling income and all this sort of stuff, because whilst I've doubled my income and things like that, I've means that I now save more. I now invest more. I send my kid to a private school, all this sort of stuff. I'm actually paying my furniture off. You know, I bought all brand new furniture for our house when that's ready. And we're paying that off, um, you know, as we're doing that. So that'll all be completely paid for, you know, when we move into our house and, you know, so obviously as I've leveled up my income, we've leveled up our spending in that sort of sense of things as well. And, um, you know, that's been something that's really made me feel really uncomfortable because what I'm seeing is like our general day-to-day account, it kind of looks really low just before payday, right? And and I haven't felt like that for a really long time, you know, like I've always felt there's sort of always been that excess. But, you know, for me, it's something that I really have to rationally work through because, you know, I need to remind myself where that money actually is. And this includes going and checking a savings account and go, okay, there's my money. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, and checking my investment account and go, there it is. Okay, fantastic. Um, you, you know, like, and actually rationally reminding myself of that because, yeah, it's, it's this sort of fear because I've seen it happen that, you know, that it's it's going to run out and it's not going to replenish itself. And that's definitely, and the mindset that I'm in at the moment and trying to work through that is that, you know, I want to get to a space where I'm always in overflow, but there is, I've got this money work that I need to do to be able to get there. So here are the tools that I'm using to try and get there. Um, Journaling is definitely a big thing for me. Um, I love 
to journal sometimes and sometimes there's resistance to journaling so sometimes I don't but definitely being able to write things out really does work for me and sort of you know there's a thing called sort of scripting um you know where I can sort of write out things as a you know like so what I've done is I've literally gone and rewritten my money story and then these include things and I guess it's kind of a combination between scripting and affirmations of saying things like you know money supports me money is in constant overflow to me and whenever I spend you know I need to you know like actually stop and remind myself that there's plenty more where that came from there is always more when that where that came from um you know so I use scripting and I use journaling to tell me that you know like I I I write that in present tense that money will always be replenished um another thing that I really try and do is sort of picturing money as an energetic exchange as well. So, you know, like, so when I spend money is sort of visualizing where that money goes, you know, like I go buy coffee at my local coffee shop, you know, and then, you know, that money then in turn pays the wages of the the ladies who work there or the men that work, whoever works there. And then they get their wages and then they get to spend it on things for their family. So whether it's, you know, going to food and, you know, and then when they're paying for their food, then that's paying for the farmers and all this sort of stuff. You just sort of start visualizing your money actually working. And then I visualize it actually coming, you know, actually helping other people. And then it comes, you know, coming back to me tenfold, you know, so it goes out and it multiplies within the community to be then be replenished to come back to me tenfold. Um. You know, so obviously overcoming a lot of this stuff, though, is about working on my own beliefs of worth as well. And to know that, um, you know, especially the one about, you know, feeling guilty about spending money um, is that I need to work on my own beliefs there because I need to know, you know, like I actually deserve to invest in myself. I deserve and I'm worthy for that. Um, I actually get to enjoy life now. Like I don't have to wait for a rainy day. I don't have to wait for the special occasion to use the China. I can just use the damn China every fucking day, right? Because every day is fucking special. Um, I get to, yeah, and I and I said like I get to live life now. I don't have to wait for the rainy day and I don't have to wait for the special occasion. I get to live it now. And I also get to have a big sexy savings account an investment account and I can buy luxury items it doesn't have to be one or the other so that for me is rewriting that story is that it doesn't it doesn't have to be one or the other it can actually be both um and you know and aligning with that so then I you know it takes away you know I'm taking away that guilt because I get to have both and it's totally fine but I'm working on that story now, something else that I do is every time I tap my card, so whenever I tap my card, you know, like your, your, you know, your credit card or whatnot to pay for something, is I say, thank you, universe, for having the money to pay for this. So thank you, universe. Thank you. I have, you know, thank you for letting me have the money to pay for this for starters. Like I have the money to pay for this. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, and then also, you know, and there is plenty more where this came from, you know, and you know, it's sort of changed. And that's the same whenever you pay a bill, you know, thank you universe for giving me the money to be able to pay for this bill. There's plenty more where that came from. Um, you know, just trying to get into, into doing that as well. Same when you fill up your car with petrol and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, another huge tool that I use, and I'm using this one a lot lately because I've got a lot of resistance coming out with this at the moment. And I'll explain that in just a sec too. So pattern interrupting. So when I get into a low vibe money thought, so one for me at the moment that I definitely get, I'm getting so fucking stuck into and it actually drives me nuts is about the cost of petrol, about worrying about the cost of petrol. Um, because you know, petrol's gone up to about $2 a liter, you know, from, from what we've known from like at 1.90 cents per liter to $1.20 to $1.40 to $2, which, you know, really does impact me on a day-to-day basis of getting to work because it doubles my, you know, expenses in that sense. So now what I'm actually doing is I am pattern interrupting. So when I get into that thing and if I find myself catching about wanting to talk about it too like because it seems that you know like oh my god have you seen the price of petrol like it's like such a thing that you talk about and I had my friend you know want to talk to me about that today and I and I literally used this with her to help us through this as well and I just said you know like you know so stop you know I interrupted the thought and I replace it with a higher serving thought you know, so instead of going, oh my God, like petrol's $2.20 a litre, I think like I stop, I breathe, I am supported by money. I have more than enough to cover my petrol regardless of the price of the pump. You know, so basically I, I'm, I'm, re, I'm interrupting that pattern and replacing it with an affirmation or a thought. You know, I am supported by money. I have more than enough to cover my petrol regardless of the price of the pump. Um, and that is a big one because if you can catch yourself in that moment, because our thoughts are typically habits and they're on autopilot and we don't know their subconscious habits. So if we can get in the habit of breaking them, then we can really get around changing that mindset. So they're just some of the tools that I use. Now, the other tool that I use is about developing a millionaire mindset. I am not shy in saying that I want to be not just a millionaire, but I want to be a multimillionaire. That is my goal. All right. And, and I'm not shy about saying that. I used to be shy about saying that. Now I am not shy about, I fucking own that. Right. So now I work towards developing a millionaire mindset. And what I've done is I've actually journaled, um, what the millionaire version of myself is like with money, how I spend it, how I have it, you know, what I do with it what I think about it, how I talk about it. And I envision exactly how the millionaire version of myself would be like and how I would live. And I think where we get caught up, right, is that we so often think that once we're millionaires, like once once we become, like once we are a millionaire, will be a millionaire, but in fact, you actually need to be a millionaire first before you will become a millionaire. Um, and that's because, you know, you need to sort of embody that version of yourself, you know, like you need to make millionaire decisions before you're a millionaire to become a millionaire. It's not just that, oh, well, I'll be a millionaire and then I'll develop the millionaire mindset. No, you ha- it's the opposite way around. You need to develop that mindset first, you know, like, so, you know, and I'm just going to share some of what I put in there with you. Um, you know, a big one for me is money is always flowing to me effortlessly and easily and in overflow at all times. I don't stress over the cost of daily expenses like fuel or groceries. We don't have a budget for these as we just buy what we want and what we need as we need it. I don't wait for the cheap petrol day. In fact, I don't even pay attention to the petrol prices and I don't complain about the prices because I know I can afford it because I am supported by money and by the universe always. 
If I see something I want, I buy it without having to check to see if I can afford it. Without guilt, um, but at the same time, I am never reckless or wasteful because I make excellent money choices. You know, so and, and there's a saying, you know, like it's like if if I if I want and need something, I will get it. But if I don't need it, then I'm just going to leave it behind as well. You know, like unless it's sort of in alignment with me and something that I really need or want. You know, like you know, if I do see like the really amazing designer handbag and I really want it, I'm going to get it. But if I see a designer handbag and I'm like, eh, that's okay. I'm not just going to buy it just because I can, right? It's just about, you know, doing that, you know, like the millionaire version of myself as well. I dress impeccably, um, you know, stained wholly in, you know, <laughs> the worn to the ground stuff that gets thrown out or it gets donated where it needs to. Because we take pride in ourselves and how we look. Um, you know, I was I say that we travel together and alone a lot and appreciate being able to get away and recharge in the nicest surroundings. And we travel, um, you know, we travel in first class. We travel in a way that we don't have to think about being able to afford to travel. We just travel because we want to travel. Um you know, I spend money on self-care for us, including the hairstylist, blow dryers, massages, Cairo, physio, spiritual healings, retreats, personal trainers, Pilates, Botox, anything that keeps us in our peak condition. Because when we feel good and we are filling our cups, we can then in turn give more. I'm generous and I support charities that are aligned with me. I attend charity events and fundraisers and I host my own. I give back. The more I earn, the more I give back. You know, like, so these are just some of the things um, I guess here too. And I said, I feel empowered when I spend money, knowing I'm fully supported by money, knowing that when I spend money, it goes out into the community and spreads wealth to others, multiplies and comes back to me. Always I am in a constant state of overflow where I make and have more money than I can spend, save, invest and donate. So that's for me, you know, that's where I've sort of shared some of you with what my millionaire mindset looks like to me. Um, But one thing that I started realizing is that I need to make sure that my day-to-day actions are actually in alignment with the words that I, and the thoughts that I'm having about money. Um, You know, you know, I'm telling myself my new stories, but you know, I'm still finding myself on a day-to-day basis, you know, complaining about the cost of petrol to anyone that would listen. Um, you know, even like recently I would worry about the cost of a doctor's visit, even though I have plenty of money in the bank to be able to cover it. You know, like I just, why am I worried about this? Because the millionaire version of myself would not be worried about this. And it's not something that I need to worry about. Um, and I had something this morning and this is what triggered this episode as well, is that when I drive to work, particularly on a couple of days, I drive during full peak hour traffic and there was a Bentley that wanted to sort of merge into the traffic. It was a bit, you know, trying to get on in and, you know, sort of hold up the flow of traffic and it was a little bit annoying. But And I kind of thought to myself, like, I didn't want to let this Bentley in front of me and I kind of thought, I'm like, where do you need to be in a hurry? You're rich. I, you know, I need to get to work. And it was I really caught myself in that moment thinking, oh, my God, I just judged this person for having a Bentley and I judged them because I was jealous because I wanted to have a Bentley. I judged them because I was jealous that I didn't have that money right in this moment. Um, 
But this is a thing as well. Like if you ever see jealousy, you know, I do not view jealousy as a bad thing. Um, I see jealousy as a little hint from the universe of what it is that I want. Because if I feel jealousy over something, I'm like, hmm, yep, that's because I want that. Right. And so it is a great, you know, that in itself is a tool to point you into the right sort of directions. But it definitely opened up my eyes to the way that I was feeling about people with money. And I didn't realize I had that sort of bias. Um, so, you know, being in tune with things like that as well. Um, you know, so for me now, what it is is working on in alignment with what it is that I see as my higher self now, my millionaire self. And what can I do today from a, you know, on a day-to-day basis to to live like that? Um, you know, and which is all about incremental upgrades and things like that as well. And it is so, it is so possible, but it allows me to get into the mindset now so that by getting into the mindset, it puts me as an energetic match to where I, um, I want to be. So, you know, and when I'm at an energetic match, it means that I'm open and I'm ready to receive that as well, because it's not just about asking for it. It's not just about believing it, but you do need to be able to receive it as well. And that's something that's really, really important, but maybe something we'll touch on on a different day. So, you know, I guess with all this being said, is it something that we need to realize is that, that it it is going to take some time, um, but we absolutely need to get into a place where we all feel great about money so that we can be, and I just said this, so we can be an energetic match to it. We can be open to receive it. And so we can use it as the tool that it is meant to be. So we can use it to help people, to grow our businesses so that can help people, employ people and spread more wealth around. It is so, so important. And you know, the more that we can spread this message to people, the more it changes what we call the collective consciousness. And, you know, we all have our own consciousness and, you know, I guess our personal worlds reflect what is going on internally. But as a as the world as a whole, that is a reflection of the collective consciousness. Um, and, and that, unfortunately, that collective consciousness at the moment is pretty fucking negative. <laughs> and this is why, you know, this is why I do what I do. And this is why, you know, because it's, it's, we, we don't realize that even as individuals, we have so much fucking power within us to actually change. And if we change our own consciousness and we teach other people to change their consciousness as well. We then in turn actually influence the whole collective consciousness and we can change the motherfucking world like we really can. And that's why it's really important. And that's why, you know, I want hands in the, I want money in the hands of the right people. I want people to awaken to their true potential and their actual power so that together we can awaken the collective consciousness. Whoa, I know that went really, really deep today. But do you know what? As I said, it was a channel message. It's just come to me and I just, I had to share it because, you know, if this can impact one person that they start thinking differently, um, then that's one step closer to changing the world. All right. So fucking go out there and slay, make some money, be a boss bitch, ask for some more bloody money, be open and ready to receive it. And don't see, you know, have multiple streams of income, believe that anything is possible. 
Because the moment you start believing that anything is possible and the best is yet to come, miracles will happen. They will literally happen in your life. All right, we are done. We are done for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And of course, as always, if you would like to work for me, slide into my DMs. Let's work together. Let's change your world. Love you, queens. Bye. so much for supporting the kiss my crown podcast now if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things queen creations make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com it is your one-stop shop for everything to do with queen creations